Welcome to the Ladies of LifeSite. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face through the lens of faith and freedom. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. This is Rebecca this week on Ladies of Life Site. We've been off for a couple of weeks. There's just been a lot going on in, in a lot of our lives. But we are back today and I have Miss Jillian, who is on my team with me here today. So thanks for joining me, Jillian. Yeah, happy to be here. We have been talking a little bit in, there's a chat that we've mentioned, I think, on a couple of episodes. There's just a bunch of the young women and mamas at LifeSite. Coincidentally, it's called the Ladies of LifeSite, which is where we got our podcast name from. We've talked a lot about kind of motherhood and expectations, and and that's kind of where we got the idea for this specific episode and the topic that we're going to cover today. So I think so many times we have expectations about motherhood, right? Whether it's that beautiful picture that we're all kind of hoping for or maybe it's that massive nonstop chaos of, of another mama or an, another um, aunt or, or somebody else in our lives that we're just kind of used to seeing kids going crazy and, and we're just expecting that. But really, whatever whatever that is, it comes down to what does motherhood actually look like on a daily basis? So what kinds of things can make a difference in how we manage those expectations and what we do every day to deal with them. How do we tackle mom guilt? So those are a couple of the things that I think we're going to talk about in today's episode. Jillian, before we get going, how about you share a little bit about yourself and who you are? I do the social media marketing here at LifeSite, and I've been here almost a whole year because I started back in March. And so I've been married for seven years this year, and I have two New kids. I have a son who's five, almost six, and then a daughter who's two, almost three. And so we've kind of like been through, you know, the throes of like young children. And now we're transitioning kind of to what it's like having just like a child, right? Not an infant or a toddler, but just actual kids and then everything that comes along with that. So like school and sports and just that change. Like we're, we're, I'm right in the middle of like this transition to kind of this next phase of motherhood. And I'm excited because I'm not a fan of like the baby phase. And so I'm excited for this next stage, but I definitely, you know, everything comes with its own growing pains and, you know, learning curves, right? Trial and error of everything. But I'm excited kind of to get out of like the trenches of those you know, early motherhood years and to kind of, we, my husband and I were just joking how we can kind of coast now and actually enjoy being a parent instead of kind of dreading it just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, you recently moved. So you've also kind of had that ups and downs of, of moving too. So I bet it's kind of nice to settle in and, and kind of finding your groove. Yes. Yeah. Because like with every phase of motherhood and parenthood, like, you know, it's really hard at first. And then you kind of find your groove and you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. And as soon as you think that, then you go into the next phase and you're just like, oh, my gosh, like what what is going on? What do I do now? And so now we're kind of at that point where we were finding our groove again. And but I think we'll be here for a while because like 
the kid phase lasts a few years. It doesn't change quite as rapidly. So I think I think we'll have more time to figure this one out and just kind of rest and have that peace of instead of just constant changing and transitioning and stress and all of that. I am kind of curious. You were just talking about kind of being you got all of this stuff going on with your your kid phase now, right? Let's start off with the fact that we're kind of pulled in in every direction. If we're not managing kids, then we're managing laundry and dishes and stuff around the house and then also making sure that meals are on the table and probably snacks if you, if your kids are anything like mine they demand like three or four snacks a day and if we're not dealing with that then we've got husbands and our marriages and trying to trying to tend to that the way Christ calls us to so so there's that and then other relationships and working and as you've talked about you're you know you're working here full time and so you've got that to manage so there's kind of that constant guilt in the back of our brains, right? Have have you found some ways to manage that kind of guilt? And what do you do? Or how do you balance everything? I would definitely say some days are better than others. You know, some days I feel like that rock star mom and wife and woman. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kicking butt and getting things done. And this is great. And then other days, you just feel like a complete failure and you just you know, stay in bed all day. But usually what what helps, what has helped me, and it's, it takes, has taken a while to kind of realize this, um, because like when you have younger kids, it's so hard to just make time for yourself because you're needed so much by these little people that will die without your help, right? And then you have like your own your own wants and desires. You have the, your husband that you're doing life with. And, and like you said, friendships too, which honestly, what are those, right? Like I haven't had friends in probably like two or three years. And that was something that I had to, to reconcile on my own. Like I could have had friends. I could have had this life. I could have done these things, but I had told myself I couldn't. Like I put myself in that box because I was like, no, I have to be a good mom and a good mom like sacrifices her time. Like a good mom puts her kids first and does, puts her husband's first and puts her job first. Like I need to do all these things when in reality, like, yeah, those things are important, but I can't pour from an empty cup. And my cup was like a bone dry for a very long time. And I was just kind of running on fumes. And then finally, I got to the point where I, I just kind of broke down. Like this summer was a very, very bad summer. And, but it was good because it finally forced me to realize like, oh, I have to invest in myself too. And it's not me being selfish. It's me being a better mom and a better wife and a friend and just a genuine like good, like fun person to be around because I had gotten to be such a stick in the mud and so stressed out and just so angry and bitter. Like I was really bitter about a lot of things because I wasn't, you know, pouring into myself either. And so really just like allowing myself, take some time for myself, right? And not feel guilty, but it's definitely still there sometimes. But then I'm like, no, you know, I have to look at my motivation. So sometimes, yeah, it can be easy to be selfish, right? Like that like self-care movement can can be a trap sometimes where you're like, oh, am I really being selfish or am I doing just what's needed for me? So that way I don't like break down on the floor. <laughs> so like checking my motivations and just being okay, like, you know, like reassuring myself, like, hey, I it's okay for me to take some time too, or it's okay if that thing doesn't get done. If it means like 
me being happy and kind or me being really stressed out and angry. Like maybe that thing can wait. I just be more honest with myself and giving myself permission to fail or, you know, not be everything to everyone has been a pretty big growth that I've gone through this summer that has helped a lot with that guilt. But it definitely, obviously, it's still a process. And like I said, every day, every day is a little different. Some days I'm better at that than others. I was talking to to one of my friends about this, actually, and I I started to think about the fact that kind of our age range, our parents, our, our moms really did sacrifice kind of everything for us. You know, I look back at my mom and, and my friend was talking about her mom and she's like, I don't I don't think she had friends like the kind of relationship that she and I have. My mom, my mom didn't have that growing up. Granted, she was she was friends with, you know, my friend's parents, but there wasn't this kind of set aside time where they were intentional to go out to coffee or or to do something that just on them their own. And there's good and bad to that. Obviously, um, you know, I like to think that I I'm a product of obviously my mom's good good parenting. So I think I'm a pretty good good kid and a good adult. So I think she did it. She did a good job. But I also look at kind of what that did to her mental health and the sacrifices that she did. And I'm like, what can I do better while still also doing what she did so well? And how do I find that balance? Where do we strike the balance between what, you know, you mentioned that self-care movement where I'm like, I look at some of these people and I'm like, you're spending more time under the guise of self-care then you are spending time with your husband or your kids. And it does, it does kind of trend towards this selfish behavior. And I look at that and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that for sure. So I'm still like you, I'm still kind of managing and trying to find that balance while prioritizing, hey, this is what I need to do in this season for me. Um, and sometimes that just looks like me going to bed early because I'm enough of an introvert that I need quiet. And so I just, I head up to bed shortly after the kids go to bed and, and my husband has learned to kind of manage that and deal with that. Even though he would love to spend every waking moment with me <laughs> talking and, and listening to music or something. Recognizing my needs. Cause I wasn't really doing that, but then like also then communicating those needs to Zach, my husband, cause like, he's told me, he's like, you know, I want to help you. He's like, but it's like, I can't help you if I don't really know how to help you. And I was like, well, I don't even know how to help myself. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. And so, but he has been so helpful. Like you said, Micah, you know, helps, helps you with your boundaries and what, you know, you've expressed to like Zach has been great about that. And like, if I say, Hey, I need this time right now, then he'll be like, okay, do it, do what you need to do. Or we have like standing days of the week. Like my day is like Saturday morning, or at least it has been, it's kind of changed a little bit now, but it used to be Saturday mornings was whenever he just would automatically be like, all right, I got breakfast. I got the kids for the morning. And then, you know, Jillian, you go and, you know, go do what you want to do. He's like, no questions asked. If you want to go coffee, you just want to be by yourself, go for a walk. Like, um, like that's just been like my time. And I usually like go antiquing or shopping or something. But and then I do the same for Zach, too, because he needs support, too. Like, I think we, we forget about like the men in our lives and like the needs that they have, too. But he needs it just as much as I do. And so his night has, you know, usually been like Friday nights. 
is he'll like go out and hang out with some friends or he has a wood shop, you'll have him over. And, and that's just like understood his night. I'm not going to ask anything of him. The kids kind of leave him alone. And it's just like his night to decompress like Saturday mornings or is my time. No questions asked just to go. And he's not going to message me. He's not going to need anything from me. And it's kind of like my time to check out. And then when I come back, I'm usually a lot happier and I'm, you know, ready to go for the week. And so that has been really helpful too. So like we haven't always been able to do that because like the so different phases of life require different needs and, you know, give and takes, giving and taking. That's something we've been trying. We, we try to keep pretty consistently or at least like some point during the week, he gets his time. I get my time. And then of course, you know, we have time together and as a family, but I think having that personal time is so important just to help you keep in touch with, with your own needs and what you need just as a person, not as a wife, not as a mom, not as a friend, but just like as you, because that's so easy to get lost in with all the other things that are, you're being pulled, all the directions you're being pulled. And it's so easy to lose yourself. Like I have a lot of younger girls in my life that are getting married now. And that's been my, just my advice, like to new moms and new wives. It's just like, okay, like set this habit early. So that way it's not something you then have to try and like do damage control later on where you both have this understood respect of like each other's private space. But so that way you can appreciate your time together a little bit more. I always tell this, tell this story when uh, Micah and I first started dating. So I was in my mid twenties when I finally met him and, and uh, we started dating and all growing up, my mom, my mom's an introvert and she always had this phrase, like she basically went off duty at, at the end of the night. She, she was a homeschool mom. She was with us all the time. So there was about a, a certain time at night where she was just kind of checked out. She was off duty. Dad took care of all of the problems that presented themselves. But she always had this phrase that she would use. <laughs> and I caught myself when Mike and I started dating, I caught myself using it. And I and I didn't mean it in a mean way, but coming from somebody that that didn't have that, he was quite shocked. So when my when my mom was just sitting there and she would she'd take off her glasses at the end of the night and you were talking or telling a story and she'd kind of look at you and be like, I'm all done now. And you knew that you had like <laughs> 10, 10 seconds to wrap up your story and get the heck out of Dodge because she wasn't you could keep talking, but she wasn't going to be listening or paying attention anymore. So she warned you. She's all done. And I I caught myself like Micah and I, Micah would be over and we would be, you know, watching a movie or something together. And I'd just be like, I'm all done now. And I would pretty much just like walk, walk away. <laughs> just be like you can hang out here if you want to, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm done. I'm off duty now. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. So he makes fun of me now. And I, I mean, I make fun of myself too. Cause I'm like, I just, I didn't realize that other people didn't do that. I guess. I don't know. But we, we established pretty early on that if I was all done, I was able to express it and he knew he needed to wrap things up. <laughs> And like you said, if you start it early, I feel like it's going to kind of be an established boundary and guideline throughout throughout your marriage, which, as you said, you typically come back from kind of that being off duty, much happier and a lot more able to care for the people in your life. To shift gears a little bit, I know you've been involved in like some mom groups and women, like women's kind of 
gatherings. What kinds of groups have you been involved with to begin with? And then how did you get involved in them? And and what did they provide to you? I just kind of found these groups and these opportunities. Some of them were brought to me, but some of them too, like I, I had to be intentional about and seek out because it's hard. It can be really hard to find community sometimes. And I know in previous episodes, you guys have talked a lot about community and it is so important, but it can be really overwhelming sometimes trying just to, to find, okay, where do I go? Like you can have the desire, but it just seems it can be discouraging sometimes if you can't find those opportunities. So usually like they've, how I have gotten involved with different groups is it's just like, I look at where I'm at in my life and what opportunities are like directly around me. Like, what are my spheres of influence? It's like, you know, who do I know at church that I can, you know, kind of get involved with or Sunday school and who at my, my kid's school, like what moms and and, uh, parents can I get to know and maybe, you know, plug myself into where I was a teacher the last few years. It's like, okay, what, who are my coworkers that also have small kids? Like, how can I find these groups where just like those natural connections can take place where you don't have to quite force it so much? Sometimes you do have to force it. Like you have to force yourself to get involved because you can't expect other people to reach out and help you. I love when when other women have included me and it's made it much easier to get involved and it's made me feel welcome, but they don't always do that. And it's not on them. It's just like, again, it kind of comes back to like, well, it's not their responsibility to take care of me whenever they're also dealing with their own lives and their own struggles, their own insecurities. It's my job to advocate for myself and to get plugged in and to, you know, reach out and introduce myself. But on the flip side, right, then I try to also be that person who does include because it can be so hard and so overwhelming, like just knowing where to even start. But so now all the different like groups I've kind of found myself in just really stem from where I'm at in my life. So try to make it easy, right? Like, okay, what am I already doing every day? And how can I incorporate that into my life so it just becomes the natural connection um, and just natural friendships, ultimately? So usually, yeah, it's, it's always started with something. So like when we first, you know, whenever uh, we first got married and then very shortly after that found out we were having my my son, it was it started because we were still in college. And so we just kind of naturally found this other group of young married couples who also either were having kids or maybe who were who were soon to have kids. And then we just started meeting once a week for that. And so it was a Bible study, but it was also just like a community fellowship and community group where we were all young and scared and didn't know what the heck we were doing. And so it was just a really great time to just to come together and kind of get that assurance like, oh, OK, you know, they they're also struggling with this. Like, it's not just me. Like, this is just like normal, like some things of being a, you know, married and um, a new mom just aren't that fun. Okay. It's not me. I'm not crazy. Like, you know, that's why community is so important just to get that assurance or to see how somebody else might handle a problem. And then you can take that and like, you know, adapt that to your own issues. And so that's where I started getting involved is just through that natural connection that just kind of happened with people we already knew. And then we all found ourselves kind of in the same life phase and that that group has been so fun because over the years 
we've all still stayed together. Like we've definitely had some seasons of more distance as, you know, life happened, but we've always kind of found our way back to each other. And we've, you know, you know, like probably two or three times a year, we'll all get together with all the kids and the families. And it's just, it's very fun. But now through life and the twists and turns, we've all found our way back to the same church and the same community, like Sunday school group. And it's just, it's just cool whenever you have that history with different couples and, and different friends. You're like, oh yeah, like we, we started in the trenches together. Now look at us, you know, we're, we've, we've made it through. And that's kind of like how my, all my experiences have been just, you know, taking where I'm already at and looking for those opportunities. Or if there's not one, like making one myself. And it's definitely hard and you, know, you have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there, but I've never regretted doing any of that. And instead I've come out stronger and, you know, more sure of myself and having having that connection with with another mom is really is really important. Our previous podcast I've mentioned kind of how we started our our little homeschool co-op that we meet meet on Thursday mornings and it's actually my sister-in-law and then turned into my my chiropractor who turned into my my best friend. <laughs> So it was such a God thing to meet her. And I, I've told that story before, but kind of like you said, you just kind of create, we created something because we needed that. Our, all of our kids were too young to start the, the local co-op. And so we were like, well, we don't want to, we don't want to wait that long to do co-op. So we built our own. So it's been, it's been fun, but I think that it's important, like you said, to kind of build something and and put yourself out there if I hadn't hadn't been laying on Sarah's table and she said something about homeschooling and I was like oh well you should come to our co-op I wouldn't have wouldn't have a have a best friend and all the wonderful things that come from that so it is it is hard to do that though and I think I think that it's rewarding though so what are some like you, t- you mentioned, you know, you try and include other people. So what are some ways that, that you kind of reach out? How do you, how do you do that? I know you, you self-identify as in, as an introvert as well. So how do you just kind of build up you the courage to go ahead and put yourself out there and say, Hey, just come along if you want to. I'm like an introverted extrovert. So they exist. They're called ambiverts. Ah, okay. Well, that is definitely what I am because I do love being around people, but obviously like once I'm done, I'm done. And then you do not want to be around me. Uh, (laughs) I know what it's like not to be included. Right. And either intentionally or unintentionally, like it's just a really crummy feeling. And, And so, but then I also know like too, what it's like when somebody has gone out of their way to make me feel loved and seen and noticed and, and I've kind of like always been like that where, okay, how can I notice people? Because there's not enough people that do that. I, d- I don't think because it is hard and it takes you stopping and, you know, being aware of those around you. And it's hard to do sometimes. I know I've definitely failed. And a lot of times, you know, when I've been presented those opportunities, because you know, I'm like, oh, well, I am too busy. I I don't even know them. Or what if they say no? Like, you know, their fear of rejection and, or being weird. Oh my gosh. I think that all the time. I'm like, will this person think I'm weird if I say this? And so for a, a really long time, like I didn't get that involved and I didn't put myself out there that much. And as a result, I was really lonely and it was really sad and bitter, like leading up to you know, this whole, the whole thing that happened this summer, I kind of got stuck in that rut where I I wasn't really 
doing what I knew I needed to do and what, you know, God has called us to do to reach out to people, right, and to to make them feel loved. And I just kind of had to get over that fear of whatever, fear of rejection, fear of, you know, ridicule, you know, insert blank here, whatever that insecurity is, we all have a different fear. But mine was more so like, just that fear of rejection or, you know, they're just going to say no again, because that's happened a lot. Like, you know, I, I reached out to the same people and then they keep saying no. And then, then it's like those intrusive thoughts start happening. I'm like, oh, well, do they even like me? Like, am I, am I likable? Or are all of these people just like humoring me? Do I even have friends? Right. You know, that whole spiral that happens if you just, if you let it happen. So you don't have to stop that spiral and be like, no, like I'm sure of myself and, and if they don't want to hang out with me, that's fine. Like, but doesn't mean I can't keep asking because maybe this time they'll say yes. And because I know I like when people ask me, I can't always do these things. I can't always like go to these things I'm being asked to go to, but it still means a lot to be asked. And so I just, you know, buck up and ask. And if they think I'm weird, then okay. But I kind of lean into that. Like I've accepted the fact that I am a little socially awkward. We all are in different ways, but like, I can, I can be kind of weird. And I, I know that. And so I've accepted it and I lean into it. Like if it's weird, I acknowledge the fact that it was like, whoa, what I just said, that was kind of weird. Sorry about that. Right. And just kind of make a joke of it and just try to be authentic and connect with those people and just be like, Hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you more. You should come to this with me. And so just, yeah, like leaning into some of my flaws and my insecurities and trying to find the humor in it has made me a lot more confident and willing to like go out of my way to talk to people and put myself out there and just know that, you know, if someone says no, it's okay. And it's not a reflection of me necessarily. It just, you know, it just might not work out and that's okay. Doesn't mean I can't keep trying though. I love that. And I think that kind of goes into a couple of the other topics that we'll cover in the coming Ladies of LifeSite episodes, just talking about kind of mental health and confidence in who we are. So I'm excited to dive into those in the in the coming weeks. I think that kind of being able to kind of authentically be who we are kind of comes back to what we've talked about with, you know, motherhood and expectations and kind of just figuring out what our priorities are and what our expectations are for our daily, daily lives. Because I feel like what ends up happening is that the expectations don't really come from like our internal wants and desires. They're kind of influenced by what other people are doing or saying or how their, their lives are being lived. And I think it's super important to kind of dial that back a little bit and kind of figure out what are my expectations for my day. My my mom and I have talked about this often actually because it's it's interesting. My so my sister-in-law has been my best friend since I was like 6. We grew up together and when she was 13 she declared that she's going to marry my brother and several years later they did. So so she's been around for a, a very long time, very much like a sister in addition to being a sister-in-law. So her daily life is vastly different than mine, right? Like they, they've got five kiddos. They've, it's, it's constantly loud in her house. And then there's, there's me over here and I'm working and I've got calls and I've got all this stuff. And so my kids have this, 
this expectation placed on them that they must be quieter than my sister-in-law's kids are. And I, I often think I'm sometimes like, man, do I put too much pressure on my children to be, to behave differently? Like, do I, do I squash their, their kidness by telling them, Hey, you need to be quiet. Cause this is what mom's got to do. Um, and I think that kind of goes into a question that I had with kind of what kind of expectations did you have going into motherhood? How have they changed? And maybe what what has influenced those over the years? I got married when I was 19 and then found, quickly found out we were pregnant with Warner. And then I was 20 when I had him. And so my expectations, like, obviously, I, I had my own mom and my grandmother and then, you know, everything I'd seen like in TV shows and movies and and what my other like my friends' parents did and like women at church, right? Like all of these women kind of molded together to form this ideal mom. And I was like, that is what I have to be. And at 20, while I'm still in college and newly married and you know, I'm just like trying to figure out what even I'm supposed to be doing with my life and it was a lot. And every day I constantly felt like I was failing, especially with a new baby. And I was very lonely. I was, I was by myself all day, every day, because Zach was working three jobs. So we would have enough money just for food. I mean, we didn't qualify like for any, you know, governor, government assistance because we were still college kids. And so like, there was just a lot of things. I was like, man, this is not what I thought it would be. Right. I, cause I had other friends who were also, you know, having babies and they just loved it. And they were like, man, being a mom is my calling. This is what I was meant to do. And here I was over here, like literally crying on the floor in extreme postpartum depression while my baby was screaming for like the third hour in a row. And I'm like, I don't even know, like, I can't do this. Like, I just remember thinking that so much that first year of just like, I can't do this, but I have to do this, right? Just, I just had to keep telling myself that like, this is temporary, it will get better. There's a purpose for this. And even though I didn't believe it, like I just had to keep telling myself that. And then it helped like Zach and I were feeling the same thing. So there was that camaraderie together, like, okay, like we're both suffering together. This stinks, but at least I'm not alone, like fully alone. So that was my expectation was that instantly I would be perfect mom. And then I was anything but that. And then there was this huge dissonance that I had to really deal with like that first year on top of like, you know, other life stuff and like body image issues and just all the changes that happens with when you have a baby. And, and so it took a while, like to really figure out, okay, like this is, this is what I expect of myself. And this is, you know, I can't compare my life to that of my friends because her life is really different. Like a lot of my girlfriends in this, in this group, this same group that, you know, we met once a week and kind of did life with, like we were all in the same life phase, but our lives looked very different just in our life circumstances were very different. And our home lives were very different. Like we had all these other different like circumstances and factors affecting how we parented. And it was so challenging. Like, it was so hard not to compare myself and just be like, man, why can't my life be like so-and-so's life, right? Insert blank here. Why can't I be like her? Why can't I do it like she does? And, or why can't my kid be like her kid? I 
caught myself doing that too. Just being like, oh, well, my kid screams all day because he had terrible colic and we didn't really know how to help him with that. And and then eventually figured it out. But, you know, just you, you have like with most things in parenthood, you just kind of have to try as you go and eventually you'll find something that works for you. But it might it might take you a while. And so I caught myself doing that. Like, why is my kid so terrible when her kid sleeps through the night already? You know, just all this stuff. And so eventually it just took like me sitting down and, and really praying about it. I'm like, OK, what what is the what is the bare minimum? OK. Like, and then going up from there, like, what is something that's important to me? I can't do all of these things, but each day I could do one thing and I could do that one thing well, and then just trying to build up from there. And, and just being on the same page with Zach too, like, like, hey, what do we expect as a family? What do we expect? Like, what do I expect of him? What does he expect of me? What do we expect of ourselves? What's realistic and what's not, what is necessary and what is not like, there's so many unnecessary things that I was trying to do and be that I was like, this doesn't matter. Like, really, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't going to matter. My kid's not going to remember that I did this one thing. He's going to remember, like, how much I loved him and, you know, how, you know, I showed up for him and I and I cared about him in this way. He's not going to remember the little things or that I stayed up till 12, you know, doing the laundry. Like, he's not, what, our kids don't care about that. And why do I care about it? Like just trying to put things in perspective. Like I'm growing and raising humans and I want those humans to be good, like Christ following humans. So what do I need to do in order to make that the reality instead of all this other little stuff that's so easy to get caught up on? That was something that, that Micah and I have talked all about because I'm kind of notorious for like I'll write down like basically brain dumps, you know, where I'll write down like every every to do that's currently in my brain, which helps me just get it out. And then I can kind of work through it and prioritize what I'm going to do each day of the week or month, you know. But Micah would be like, you're putting too much pressure on yourself by writing that list out. And um, I did have to kind of check check in with myself and be like, am, am I putting too much too high of an expectation that I'll get all of these things done during this time frame. And I, and I was at the time and I really had to kind of learn if I dump it out on a piece of paper, it doesn't mean that it has to be done in the time frame that I, that I, that I wrote down. And it's, you know, it is different and in different life phases and people are going to accomplish different things. And I'm not the same mom that my friend is, but we're still both good moms. Just giving yourself that permission to do that. And I'm just like, to be like, okay, if I don't do it, just like so-and-so does it, it's okay. Like that's how she does it. And you know, that might be really cool if I could do it like that, but there's things that (laughs) I do that she doesn't do. And that my kids are going to love too. Like there's, you know, we're all, we're all working towards the same thing here and trying to keep that in mind. I think that leads me into kind of my final question before we before we wrap up, I kind of just want to put this out there. And I'd also love to hear from our ladies of LifeSite listeners too, with this question. So my question is, what are some ways that we as moms can kind of better encourage other mamas and wives in their journey, no matter where we are or where they are in the process? And this kind of comes to mind because Jillian, you're younger than me, but you're, you've got kids that are a little bit older because of that. And we've been, we've been married about the same time. And it's just, so it's interesting. Our journeys kind of overlap in, in different ways, but obviously 
I think there are ways that, you know, I can encourage you in your, in your motherhood journey. Um, and then other, obviously you can encourage me in mine. So how does that look? And, and what does that look like? I'm in this, like I said, this weird transition now where I'm starting to become a more experienced mom, where I am actually giving advice to younger moms or like moms in the same group as me now, but it hasn't always, it, up until now, it really hasn't been like that, where it's kind of been like me on the receiving end and like asking for advice from older moms, right, who've been there, done that. And I still definitely do that all the time. I'm just like reaching out to these older moms I know, even though it might be weird, right? But it's like, hey, this person at church, like, I know that they've gone through this. They have six kids. Surely they have encountered the same problem. So I just kind of suck it up and just ask them, be like, hey, can you tell me about this? Can we go grab coffee and I just dump this on you and you help me get some insight as to how I deal with this problem? It just takes, yeah, being vulnerable and I say being authentic too, like being able to open yourself up and be like, hey, like this is the issue that I'm dealing with and I'm not sugarcoating things. Like I hate, 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 hate when, and you can always tell when people do this, like when I'm talking to someone and they're just trying to make things seem better than it is, or, you know, putting on airs, whether they mean to or not, instead of just telling it like it is instead of like being authentic. And so that's one thing I always try to do is just the good, the bad and the ugly. I just say what I need to say within reason, of course, but depending on the person, maybe like there is no filter, like everything will come out. And I love those friendships, right? Where you don't have to kind of watch what you say or how you say it. You can just say it and they're not going to judge you. They're just like, girl, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much for making me feel seen. I I so appreciate it. But there are still like, I do have friendships that I do kind of have to watch what I say, which obviously makes it harder to then be friends with them and to open up, right? And continue that that growing journey together and being authentic whenever it's like, well, I can't really say what I'm thinking because like they might get offended if I say this, this thing about what I'm dealing with and which is hard. So I try not to be that person. It's like, okay, I don't want people to have to walk on eggshells around me because I might get upset with something they say because I want people to talk to me. I love when people, you know, come to me with problems and, and talk to me about things and So that's always just been my main focus is to be authentic and to use whatever means I've been given to to show all aspects of what life and motherhood is like. And so for most of us, that's through social media. Like you might not see that many people during a day, but you have access to all these friends and relationships on social media. So that's I try to use my my accounts that I have to kind of show the good and the bad because it's so easy just to show the good right? The perfect life, but you know, you, you don't see all the, the rest of it too. You don't see the rest of the iceberg. And so that's how I've been convicted here these last few years is to just, you know, not, not edit those pictures or not just have like the picture perfect family, but to just like put it out there and be like, yeah, no, this is what, what was the intention. And this is what happened. Right. And just trying to make a joke out of it too. I love, Obviously, I kind of deflect things with humor, but just trying to find the the humor in things makes certainly those hard issues a lot more more uh, palatable to manage. So that's my my recommendation is just not being afraid to be authentic because there's somebody out there who needs to hear what you're saying or needs to know that they're they're also you know, struggling with it too, but get that assurance like, okay, I'm not crazy and I'm not a bad wife. I'm not a bad mom because of 
X, Y, and Z. Like someone else is struggling with it too. That's so great. So that's how, that's what I try to do. That's the approach I try to take. I hear a, hear a good theme of authenticity and vulnerability in your, in your answers. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing and a good place to start. So that's about all I have. Do you have anything else that you'd want to say to our ladies of LifeSite listeners today, Jillian? I would just encourage people, and I I did this a little too late, and I wish I would have done this earlier, but coming back to social media, there are so many accounts out there that you can follow to help get that advice and those encouragements like throughout your day. And it's something that a lot of us already use. So it's like, again, finding ways to like, you know, those habits you already have like throughout your day, how can you build things into it? So then it's not like a huge lifestyle change, but it's like, hey, I'm already doing this thing. So, you know, how can I make this thing work for me? And so there's a lot of accounts that I've started following within the last year that have been really encouraging. Like there's a lot of moms out there that will make really funny videos or that will just kind of do mom truths and, you know, tell it like it is. And that has been encouraging to me, like in those periods of loneliness that I've had here, like these last few years, just having, just knowing, okay, I don't know this woman, this woman lives in Canada, but I can totally relate to what she's saying. And it makes me feel a little less alone. And so I just would encourage users to really explore social media and these and different accounts that are out there. And so I can recommend, I have a list of several that I follow that are just like uplifting and funny and, and real like women that do these accounts that I've enjoyed uh, following and kind of relating to, but everybody's needs of course are different. And like, obviously I, I don't follow homeschool accounts, but Rebecca, I know you do, but it is really helpful to have those accounts and to have those other, other communities, even if it's an online community to kind of be a part of. So I would just encourage users to try and find groups and and women or or families that are on social media too that can be part of their overall village, even if they're total strangers, right? But it it still it takes that village to kind of you know get through life sometimes. I love that. Yeah, we'll put all of the a couple accounts um, in the description so people can kind of click through and and find them. With that, I'll just say thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next week with. Like I said, another topic related to marriage or mental health or kind of those kinds of themes. I think that's what we'll be on for a couple of weeks. So we're pretty excited about that. And be sure to subscribe if you haven't. So that's all in the description and we'll see you guys next week.